Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis, and this Abe Books podcast is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today, we're talking about the David Ruggles Prize, which is a book collecting contest designed to encourage and support young collectors of color. We have two guests, Sarah Powell, who is one of the prize judges, and Pat Olson, who is assistant to the prize jury. Welcome, Sarah and Pat. Thank, thank, thank you, you for having, having us. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Uh, okay, um, perhaps can we start at the very, very beginning? It looks like the prize was established last year in 2021. Can, can you, Pat, tell us a bit more about the Ruggles Prize? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the the David Ruggles Prize is, um, you know, as you said, it's a new national book collecting prize um, intended to encourage and support young collectors of color. And so it's uh, we've made the age cutoff, you know, 35 and under. Um, and it's, you know, very much. In, in, and I, I should say we um, I think it owes owes a bit to the honey and wax book collecting prizes and, and sort of its origins. Um, and that it's similar that it's a national book collecting prize that isn't tied to a college, um, uh, of which there are, there are very few. You know, there are I think a couple of small sort of regional ABA book collecting prizes. Um, otherwise, all the book collecting prizes out there in the U.S., uh, you know, including the the national collegiate one, the, the big national one, are are tied to to universities and and, and really kind of um, traditionally a lot of elite universities. Um, and so the idea was to try to uh, again create another prize kind of outside the academy um, that could really help elevate the collecting voices of a group of people who had kind of long been marginalized from you know the mainstream collecting community. So let's start by asking who was David Ruggles? Uh, sure, yeah, I can I can talk about him. Uh, so David Ruggles. Uh, established the first black owned bookshop in the US in 1834 in New York City. Um, and he specialized in abolitionist and feminist literature. So he seemed a fitting namesake for the prize, but we didn't, you know, Pat didn't come to, to the jury with this name in mind. It was something that sort of grew over time and over discussion, primarily in Slack. Um, I think Pat had, had an idea to name the prize after the Aspen tree or Philadelphia. Um, and I suggested the Poplar Prize because Poplar is an alternate name for the Aspen tree, and it sort of brings to mind popular and populism, um, and it has nice alliteration. But Angel Angelina Coronado, who's another jury member, um, suggested David Ruggles uh, and posted some links that about his, uh, his work as an abolitionist and promoting uh, black press in the in the 1830s um, and it seemed everyone was very quickly on board with with naming the prize after him. So how how did it come about? What's your background? How did you meet? Where what joined you together to create this book collecting prize? That's that's a good question. Um, so I, I should say I'm, I'm Pat Olson. Uh, I am a, a rare book dealer. Um, Patrick Olson Rare Books. I work out of my house in Lowell, Massachusetts, which is uh, north of Boston. Um, a, you know, a New Englander, well adopted, like David Ruggles, though he was he was born here. Um, in any case, so the the 
the origin story, um, you know, I had, you know, this was after the, you know, George Floyd's murder, um, and I had been talking with, uh, so a good friend of mine, a very old friend of mine, Lauren Burke, is is one of the judges, and she had been advising some cultural heritage organizations on uh, DEI initiatives, and so I, I started chatting with her, and I was like, you know, look, the the rare book trade, you know, my little corner of the world is is overwhelmingly white, um, and you know, I, I think it, we really need to to bring in some of these uh, these voices that have been marginalized for so long. And we started talking about what um, you know we might be able to do, and it was her idea is to provide some sort of national platform for um, for some of these these voices, these collecting voices who, who really didn't have much of an outlet. Uh, at least in kind of the mainstream rare book world, which is where I, I operate. Um, and, and that sort of idea kind of blossomed into this this format that's, you know, familiar to the rare book community, which is the book collecting prize. Uh, again, you know, there may be um, two or three dozen of these in the U.S. It's kind of a well-established pattern. And it was something that we could sort of uh, Something that would be familiar to the rare book community and then really kind of tailor it to help um, center some of these marginalized collecting voices. Um, and and so from there, uh, I guess I can go into the jury selection. Um, it it kind of came down to, uh, you know, people you know, and, I, and I wanted, you know, I really wanted a, a jury of color like I, you know, feel like the world has enough book collecting prizes run by, you know, white men. And so I did not want to put myself on the jury. And so I was like, all right, well, who, you know, who do I know? Who can I ask who might be game for this? Um, and so there, of course, you know, I, Lauren Burke, I was able to rope her in very quickly. I was like, Lauren, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to ask you to be a judge. And she's been game the whole way. Uh, and then, of course, there's Sarah. So I, I know Sarah from uh, librarian work. So I'm a former rare book librarian. Uh, and so Sarah and I have traveled in the same kind of professional circle for quite a few years now. And thankfully, Sarah was, you know, into the idea. I remain forever grateful. Um, and then in alphabetical order, our other judges are uh, Islam Ali who is a, a book artist, a paper maker, and a university lecturer uh, who is now in Cairo. But I met him at the University of Iowa uh, when I was a librarian there. He does fantastic um, book work. And so I, I bought some of his material for the collection and got to know him. Where uh, I vaguely recall he was doing like his MFA in book art. It's like a, you know, a fun side to his PhD work. He's really kind of an incredible person. Um, there's Angelina Coronado. Uh, she is a, an undergraduate student, a senior at, at CUNY. Um, and she's also been, uh, I think this past summer, working the Schomburg Center uh, in New York. And you know has a, a big interest in, in collecting and reading. She runs uh, her own Instagram account. Um, uh, and it's, it's generally been, again, a kind of fantastic perspective to have uh, for this book collecting prize, because she is, you know, like a, she's a college senior. She's a young person. This is um, one of the the groups that we're trying to reach, and to have her her ideas has been invaluable. Um, and she had done a little bit of uh, cataloging work for me, actually. Uh, Lauren Lauren Burke actually put me in touch with her a while back, so that's how I I got to know Angelina. 
Uh, and then there's uh, Bridget Catherine Pride, uh, who is a reference librarian in the Rare Materials Division at the Schomburg Center. Um, and you know she's been studying American women and their intersectional identities with render, Jace, uh, Jace, race, class uh, in the 19th and 20th centuries. And, um, and and Bridget is the only person I I, I didn't know going into this. And uh, Bridget, if you listen to this, I'm extremely grateful that you uh, were, were game to join us for this. Um, but between all of these jurors, what the idea was to bring in a variety of you know, experience and expertise in the broad book world. Um, so we've got somebody who knows comic books, uh, zines, your traditional, you know, bound codices, your rare books, uh, contemporary book arts. Um, so the idea is to really kind of, in, with with the jury, capture the breadth of of the book world. Um, so that you know, when we offer this book collecting prize, it's really open to the broadest possible audience. Or that was a long answer. And what would you say is the goal of the prize? And Sarah, do you want to take that one? Uh, yeah, I think the, the goal, as Pat has sort of touched on, the goal of the prize is to, democratize might be too lofty of a word, but to uh, to make book collecting more accessible to a broader range of people. And the fact that most of these book collecting prizes are housed administered by colleges and universities necessarily excludes a large group of people who might not have that sort of formal academic training or might have gone to a college that didn't offer such a prize. Um, and so I think what we're hoping to do as, as we uh, spread the word about the prize is to try to target uh, groups of people who might not hear about book prizes through the traditional listservs or, you know, the library world, Twitter, uh, where a lot of these prizes are advertised. Okay. Um, so one thing I like about the, the Honey and Wax prize is their focus on uh, that the, the entrance book collections don't have to be expensive books. In fact, it's like an important bit that they accept and they want to see creativity in putting together uh, a book collection together. Is that something you share since you are also asking uh, young people to enter? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, we're open to the broadest interpretation of, of the word book. Um, so collections of ephemera, zines, uh, whatever, as long as as long as you can write compel a compelling statement that describes the collection, um, the importance of the collection, its origins, and how you're adding to it. I think that's that's more important than any monetary value of the materials that you're collecting. Right. Okay. And the format, uh, Pat, I, you said an established format. So I think that's going to be uh, an, an essay and a bibliography. Would that be correct? Um, sort of. And, and actually, I think Sarah, Sarah was actually instrumental in kind of shaping um, the method of entry. So I, I, Sarah, can I can I put that back to you? Yeah, um, so the way that you apply, you can, there's a form on the website, which is rugglesprize.org, or you can email a PDF of your responses, but it's actually three short essay responses. Um, so uh, responding to prompts about the, over, uh, 
discussing the overview, an overview of the collection. So it's uh, its focus, origins, developments, the importance of the collection. So does it document a particular issue or theme? And then the future of the collection. And then an annotated list of at least 10 items in the collection that demonstrate its scope and focus. And photos are not required, but they, you know, we welcome illustrated uh, applications as well, if that would enhance the application. Um, and I, I have actually served on um, a collecting prize jury at Houghton Library where I work. And the prompt for that application is, you know, write, write an essay on, on your collection. And uh, we were thinking, if you haven't entered this sort of prize, this sort of competition before, if you've never heard of a book collecting prize, it's a very daunting task to be given this free form, you know, write an essay, a statement describing your collection. Um, and so we wanted to break it down and make it a little more approachable so that it's three short prompts rather than um, one all-encompassing statement. Okay. Um, it sounds good. Uh, so how are you going to spread the word uh, about the prize? How are you, how are you going to reach um, the relevant communities to, to find possible entrants? Yeah, there's... Um... Well, I can kind of tell you, and Sarah, you can chime in when I'm done, because there's, uh, it's not, and part of it is, like, the, the judges have been reaching out to people on their own. Like, I, I know Sarah has talked to people, um, Angelina has, so part of it is just having a, a larger jury that's connected to different um, slices of the book world, I think, really helps to kind of spread the word, because they, they can help spread the word in their own community. Um, you know, Angelina runs the Instagram account, does a fantastic job. Uh, we're on Twitter. I run the Twitter account. I don't think I do as fantastic a job as Angelina does with Insta, uh, but I do. I do make an effort to kind of get the word out. Um, and there is, the, you know, the traditional kind of rare book world does seem to congregate on on Twitter. Um, but we are trying to kind of branch out from that. The one thing we do this this interview. I mean, thank you, Richard, for kind of giving us this this platform to help spread the word. Um, you know, we've announced it on a couple of listservs, and um, we actually just uh, we, we have a bunch of bookmarks that we are are sending out. So we've uh, started reaching out to minority-owned bookstores uh, around the country and saying, "Hey, you know, we have these bookmarks. Let us know how many you want. You know, you can give them out in your in your store. Send them out with your online orders." Um, and actually, I just uh, started um, hearing back from people yesterday. And uh, I, I ordered 3,000 bookmarks. You know, I thought that was going to be be plenty, but um, a couple of these booksellers asked for 500 each. Um, one of them is a bookseller just out of Chicago who really focuses on on children. Uh, and so this this idea that you know we can help kind of spread the word, not just about this specific prize, but the idea of collecting books in general um, to students, like when they're still in grade school. I mean, that's not the kind of exposure I, I ever had. Um, and so I, I think we're hoping that, you know, the really the, just the simple bookmark, um, you know, being distributed through booksellers across the country will kind of be an effective way to spread the word. Um, but then, yeah, it's, you know, the deadline's coming up June 12th. And so I think especially as, um, thinking about students as they start returning from spring break, this period between spring break and the end of the semester, it's gonna really start kind of, um, you know, pounding the promotion. Oh, yes, I just wanted to add, um, 
because we are trying to advertise this prize to folks who may well never have heard of a book collecting prize as I did not until I was working at a college that that had one. Um, we are also offering applicants the option to have a member of the jury review their application before final submission. Um, not, you know, not a full edit, but just to look it over and say, yes, you're on the right track or here's some information you might be missing. So if anyone does listen to this podcast <laughs> and is interested in applying, but maybe intimidated by the application requirements, um, know that that is an option and it's uh, mentioned on the, on the website as well. Right. Give it a go. Yeah. And I wanted to add some help. We, we didn't mention the, the prize money, and I feel like that's an important thing just in case there are any potential applicants listening. Um, there are three prizes. Uh, there's a $1,000 grand prize, $500 second prize, and a $250 third prize. Um, we also have a number of, of sponsors who have helped to make this happen. So, um, you know, don't, don't be, if you're like, oh, I'm not going to win this thing. There are second and third prizes, all right? Of course you could win. Apply. <laughs> so uh, where where would you like um, the situation to be in, say, 10 or 15 years' time? Uh, let's say if you were to walk into a rare book fair, which we know when we currently go into a rare book, for, rare book fair, it's a very white experience. Would something like that, would you like to see a more diverse representation of maybe collectors and booksellers of color? I guess I, I can start and say, yes, I would like to see that. Um, yeah, in five, you know, in 10 years, like I, I would, I would love to see people, it doesn't have to be just the, the book trade, uh, whether it's, it's, um, you know, uh, the special materials kind of librarian ecosystem, but yeah, certainly the, the trade collectors, um, if I could encounter some people who said, oh, that, you know, that Ruggles prize, you know, it, it, it influenced me, it made a difference. Um, you know, I applied for it and it helped kind of inspire me to keep going with this because the, you know, one, one goal is certainly, yeah, we're, you know, we, we want to reward a, a good book collection. That's something we want to do. Um, but it's, it's also, it's, you know, so it's not just about, at least for me, it's not just about kind of, um, reaching existing book collectors, uh, but to get some of these book collectors, and you'll see there's a resources page on the website. It's to get book collectors to start thinking about um, a potential career in kind of this rare materials world. Um, maybe that's as a bookseller, maybe it's as a librarian, an archivist, but to just kind of nudge them in that, well, even just kind of alert them to the fact that that's a possible sort of career direction because um, they, they may not they may not have known. Um, and not just to do that, but to even reach people who don't currently collect and let them know that book collecting is a thing and to sort of plant the seed of this idea that, oh, I could, I could, I like books, I could collect books, um, which could then, you know, further kind of um, uh, help feed into kind of the, the diversity problem we see in, in the rare materials world in the West today. Sarah. Yeah, and I would add, um... I don't think anyone, any of us are under the illusion that, you know, the establishment of one book collecting prize is actually going to move the needle too much uh, in terms of diversity in the librarian or the librarianship or in the, in the uh, book trade. 
Um, but I think that the existence of prizes like this, opportunities like this, can be really helpful, as Pat was saying, to show young people that this is a viable career path or it's, you know, it's you, what you're interested in is worthy of recognition uh, by what you probably thought to always be a very elite exclusionary space. Um, and I think it would be great to have, you know, the more diverse a workplace, whatever whatever the field, uh, the more cultural competence and sensitive sensitivities um, you'll bring to the work that you do. And as more and more booksellers um, are interested in selling materials related to marginalized people and their voices and history, I think it's all the more important that we have uh, a diverse trade who can really accurately collect, describe, and sell this material on to libraries and collectors. Agreed. Um, okay, so people enter by going to the uh, the website, which we'll, we'll repeat again in a minute. But how long have they got? When's the, uh, when's the deadline? The deadline is June 12th. Um, but, you know, this is just the first year. So if you miss that deadline, hey, you know, there's there's always 2023. Right. Okay. Uh, so, they, yeah, they've got a little bit of time to, to think it through and uh, think of what their submissions will be. But that sounds good. All right. Uh, our final question, uh, which we asked to all of our guests, is um, what book or books are you currently reading? And uh, Sarah, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. I just started reading Matrix by Lauren Groff, which is historical fiction about lesbian nuns. Uh, but uh, I really ought to be reading the dozens of applications for the Houghton Library Visiting Fellowship uh, that have been on my plate for a couple weeks now. <laughs> and Pat? Um, so I uh, so I'm currently reading. So I, in the morning I, is when I kind of I, I read my sort of work related material. And so I'm working on um, what is it? Oh yeah, the uh, the Library of Fragile History by Andrew Pedigree and uh, Arthur de Wedewin. Um, it's kind of interesting um, story of of general kind of casual neglect in the history of libraries. And then at in the evening at bedtime I, I tend to read fiction. And so I've been working on. Uh, if on a winter's night, a traveler by Italo Calvino, uh, an Italian writer that I've I've always wanted to read, just because I, I thought the title was kind of enchanting, and so I'm enjoying that very much. Right, that first book, the casual casual neglect of libraries. That sounds yeah. a bit a little bit depressing. Um, yeah, so and I only just just started it, so yeah, it's uh, the library of fragile history. Um, but yeah, it is, you know. It, Again, you know, I'm interested in library history and book history, and you, you hear all these these you know tales of uh, you know violence and, and real plunder against libraries in the past. Um, but this this seems to kind of explore the um, yeah the more casual neglect that just destroys libraries over time. Um, you know, kind of the unseen you know okay. yeah. damage. Very interesting. All right. Okay, uh, that is all we have time for today. So 
thank you to Sarah Powell and Pat Olson from the David Ruggles Book Collecting Prize. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much for joining me. You can learn more about the Ruggles Prize at rugglesprize.org. Rugglesprize.org. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Richard Davis, and you've been listening to an Abe Books podcast, and we'll see you all again soon. <laughs>